0: Hey, folks, this is Anatoly, and you're listening to the Solana Podcast. And today I have Larry Cermak, uh, who is the VP of Research at The Block. Awesome to have you, man.
1: Hey, nice to be on. It's a pleasure.
0: Yeah, so tell me your origin story. How did you get into crypto?
1: Yeah, it's probably slightly longer, but I mean, really high level. Uh, I got involved in late 2016. Uh, I was in college in the U.S. and um, was thinking about what to do my thesis on, and, and Bitcoin like seemed like one of the more obvious options to not make it incredibly boring. Um, so that that I just decided to go with that, and like throughout the research process, I just kind of found that there really isn't good research about Bitcoin, just in general crypto, there was either the super bullish people that were like all in, on Bitcoin or super like bearish academics. And there was nothing in between. And I felt like, you know, I can kind of fill, fill the gap a little bit. Um, so after I published that research, um, you know, I shared it publicly as well with a few people. And based on that, I got my first job offer to work at uh, DR, which was a research company. Um, focusing only on crypto. So I worked there for a couple of years um, and really just tried to focus on data-driven research, which was, you know, now it sounds kind of obvious, but back then it it just wasn't very common. Uh, Most people, you know, were just looking at like the really simple metrics and launching data, but mostly it was just price discussion, price predictions, all that stuff. Um, And we were really looking at, you know, just analyzing the market a little bit more fundamentally, even though that sounds even more silly now looking back. Uh, and, and, you know, I got lucky that in 2017, when I joined full-time, like early 2017, I joined full-time and you know, that that's when everything popped off massively. And it was just a bunch of like shit ICOs, like a lot of sketchy stuff. And I like, you know, cautiously like started looking more into these projects. And, and so I was one of the like people that were kind of cautioning against some of the ICO stuff, um. And it was just, a, you know, it was a lot of fun, but I was quite skeptical back then still. So actually, a lot of people who, like, have followed me for a while, like, they know initially I was a no-coiner. I had no crypto, and I, I was convinced that initially, actually, that, you know, a lot of this is just kind of hype mania. It's going to go, you know, it's, it's it's just all, like, overblown massively. Uh, but something, like, really draw me into it, and that was mostly, like, the permissionless nature ability for anyone to participate. Uh, but what really I didn't like was just like the hype around it, the marketing, the emptiness and all that stuff. Um, and so I spent, you know, I over-focused on that, I think initially, um, but after some time, you know, I, I realized that that's probably not, you know, what this is all about. Um, and I think I started, you know, in- initially, I didn't think that it was ne- necessarily important to, for, for like most projects to have tokens. And I I, I was very skeptical that most tokens needed projects. Uh, And I started massively changing my mind on this, like, you know, with, with the DeFi kind of beginnings. Uh, So early 2020, my mind started completely changing on, on most of the space. And I started allocating a little bit more. And, you know, now I I also do investing uh, privately and uh, and obviously, you know, lead the research department, the block, which is now 25 researchers, probably the largest research team in crypto.
0: So you went from like Bitcoin skeptic to full shit coiner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's a little bit concerning, honestly. In
0: four years.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I was really ever just like a massive Bitcoin skeptic. I was just skeptical of like everyone, like just you know, everyone's so positive and Bitcoin maximalized like I just could not handle that. Like when, when you just start using like really bad arguments uh, to, you know, just, just kind of shit posts and, um, and, you know, being really negative about everything other than Bitcoin and then not being open-minded, that really pissed me off. And, and I wasn't open to it. I, I, then I was like relatively active in the Ethereum community early on. Uh, and never DeFi. you know, we had tail on the team um, initially, who was like one of the people the most involved in DeFi early on. He's now the director of strategy at Uniswap. Um, and he definitely kind of showed showed us all on the research team the way, uh, you know, why this makes sense. And when, when I really like started kind of understanding that these tokens are not just useless, they can actually be used for like real things. And, and, and they do, uh, you know, they do get closer to almost equity in, in some ways, uh, even though obviously a lot of them try not to. But but when you have some sort of claim and some sort of cash flows, that's when it gets interesting to me, and, and governance obviously as well. But that's when I really like completely started flipping. But you, yeah, you're kind of right. Like I, I went from a skeptical no coiner to then uh, kind of a shit coiner now, like spraying seed investments that I like. Do you still like
0: believe in this idea of sound money?
1: Yeah, I, I actually. So a lot of like Ethereum community members think that like you know Bitcoin is just a meme. You know, it's going to go away. I actually don't believe that myself. I do believe that there, what's really powerful about Bitcoin is that it's been around for the longest time, and it's very hard to compete against what what it has, which is basically just the belief of a lot of people. Uh, and it's difficult to break that. Uh, and then you also have a lot of buy-in, you know, recently from not only hedge funds, but also large institutional investors. Uh, and that counts for a lot more than just You know, a function smart contract blockchain, even though it sounds silly, uh, something that's established as as Internet money and a lot of people pushing for it um, is really powerful. And so, yeah, I I still kind of believe in that. And I I don't think that Bitcoin is going to be, you know, surpassed by Ethereum anytime soon. I actually have a bet going with uh, Kyle from from Multicoin about that. but yeah, you know, generally, I, I, I believe there's some merit to it. But I, I definitely also believe that people should be more open minded. And because a lot of people are closed minded, they're missing on a lot of like really obvious opportunities, Like, li- Really, my bread and butter is, is kind of exploiting these things when people underestimate something. Uh, and, and when there is actual merit to it that they don't see because of some reason or another, that's when I usually perform really well.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's digging for alpha, man. That's real work. Um. <laughs>
1: yeah but uh the blocks research team when i started obviously it was just two people and now we have 25 full-time researchers that that a lot of them you know dig that up for me now thankfully it was a lot of hard work like doing doing a lot of that myself but now you know there's a there's a massive team behind me and it's going really well like we're reaching a lot of a lot of like institutional customers as well and, and the market just exploded massively this year for institutional uh, access
0: that's amazing so how, how... 25 researchers at the block. How many people total?
1: Like around 70 or something. uh, 75 maybe. But, you know, the the block, like initially, even when we started, I joined one of the first employees like 2018. And and the vision was always kind of to kind of go through all the noise and bullshit and price predictions and, um, you know, SEO plays and and all the clickbait nonsense and, and try to go through that and have more kind of data driven, research oriented coverage on the news side. We started with that, and then eventually turned into actually, you know, a, a research product uh, that's just mainly focused towards institutional customers. Uh, but obviously, the news part is still a really important part of the business. It's it's what most people know. Um, the institutional product is not really accessible for regular retail customers, um, and it's been a really really fun ride, just like going through this in the last three years. And you know, I, I don't think people realize how really difficult it is to to you know go from nothing to building a media company that's recognized by people and and like some some would respect it it's uh, it's something that like took a lot of hard work and 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 you know it's it's a very thankless business like media is just like it doesn't usually make too much money it's something that's really you know under monetized in a lot of ways um so that's why we're going more into research more into data uh and and just going after the you know, institutional customers because they just they have deeper pockets and they're more sophisticated, which is easier.
0: What what are the fundamentals with something like Bitcoin, something like money? Like why would it like it's it's just such a dumb idea for somebody that's like a value equity investor that's looking at the Amazon, right?
1: I mean it's a really good question. Like a lot of it is just a common belief that this is worth something. Like I mean if you say if you ask the same question about a lot of other things, you're gonna arrive at the same answer. It's basically like the values because a lot of people believe in it. Uh, Like similar with gold, right? Like who's using gold for stuff? Like very little people for like jewelry and and chips and all that. like most people don't care about that. Most people use it because they believe it will will retain value and because they believe there is some sort of a scar supply uh, that's somehow protecting their investment. And with Bitcoin, you know, it's something similar where you have a lot of like really, really religious supporters uh, who are kind of the holders, you know, of the last resort who are just never going to sell. Um, that, create, that creates a pretty powerful price for, for for a lot of these things, and and then on top of that, you also have like you know guaranteed fixed supply, which obviously I think like there are going to be some issues about in the future. But it is a meme that people buy. It is a meme that people believe in, and and I think like that in itself is like more powerful.
0: But people don't write research reports and gold right or fundamentals of gold or how gold is going to get more gold
1: (laughs) yeah no i agree and i I think it's like funny right like we obviously we started the research uh, research firm like three years ago and since then like what can you really research about bitcoin like we've done obviously a few articles about you know a few research like pieces about mining and uh, a few like macro looks basically on how bitcoin is performing but ultimately like there really isn't much you can research it's 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 more so about just like enough people believing, and the better the buy-in is, and the longer Bitcoin survives, I think the longer, the the, the better the likelihood that it will continue surviving. That's kind of my thesis. Uh, but there are a lot of issues, obviously. Like like it's still not exactly figured out how uh, how everything is going to be incentivized when there's not many uh, subsidies anymore. Uh, and and you know a lot of people just don't want to answer these things right now because they just put it off. Uh, but but generally, yeah, there isn't much to research. We we don't research much. What we also do from time to time is just like explain what bitcoin is, explain how it works to just institutional customers that like want to learn uh, just fundamentally what it is. But but generally yeah, if you want to dig a little bit deeper, really like bitcoin mining is the only thing where you can really look at a lot of data and analyze like how that's going. Everything else, you know, not much honestly.
0: Part of this research, right, is to give you some ability to predict price, right? I would imagine like why would I care about bitcoin is because I hope that it doesn't crash or it goes up right or <laughs> something something right like so where does that come from
1: it just comes from people that and, and i think this is like somewhat justified that see like what's going on around us for the last two years and see that like inflation is spiking while a lot of people have been denying that this is going to happen uh, it's just like this disbelief of finally like having control over something something like being programmed before is a powerful concept that like a lot of you know hedge fund investors and institutional investors just buy buy into is that like a fundamental
0: though are we going to have like you know accounting standards for <laughs> for like <laughs> how much of a, a religious belief is spread <laughs>
1: I think like by that by itself is like somewhat fundamental, right? Like why are people investing in gold? Like you can be asking the same questions, of, you know, central banks have some gold, but, but ultimately it's just because enough people believe that it will retain value. And, and it has like done that relatively well historically. And as we are moving, like everything, as you know, is like now moving to the digital world. Like everything that used to be physical is somehow transforming into a digital world. There's probably no reason why why money shouldn't, you know, why that shouldn't happen to money either. And there's, I think, you know, fundamentally, there also is some value to Bitcoin not, not changing that much. Like a lot of people make fun of it. And I think, you know, it is kind of funny as well. There's not much innovation in Bitcoin, but, you know, also that it's one of the benefits where you have something that's totally predictable. You have something that, you know, you know what to expect from and, You know, I I kind of bite it as well. I I, I think like Bitcoin is one of the most boring things that you can invest in. But it's also like the thing that usually get people in the door. Uh, And it's always like when friends come to me and, and, you know, when they say, you know, what they invested in, it's almost always Bitcoin first, uh, just because it's it's talked about the most. It's kind of like also the most safe, if you think about it. Everything else is kind of, you know, still unclear. Even Ethereum, even Solana. like its It's not totally clear if like all oh, this is gonna end up working out and and if if there's ever gonna be like some some larger issues whereas with bitcoin it's it's a little bit more guaranteed that if people keep having this belief and if something is digitally scarce uh it will probably retain the value in the future so yeah, I mean it is kind of ridiculous, but it like almost everything is a meme recently, so you know why why not bitcoin as well? <laughs>
0: uh well i mean this it's weird right like we're not looking at again we're not looking at a company even like google or facebook which has people and memes and towards twitter right but they still have like cash flow
1: yeah but it, it was the you know bitcoin was the first as well which in itself like has a lot of value i mean for every project if you look at like everyone who was always the first even in crypto it, there's always a big premium to that and, and I don't think it matters too much like if they're, if they're cash flows and if they're real people, it just matters if enough people like believe that this will retain the value in the future and, and if enough people do. And it, like, you know, I think like Tesla, Tesla buying like was a massive fundamental shift. Like we saw that you know, with just like our customers on the research side, it absolutely exploded after the an announcement, like just institutional interest, like more companies inquiring into what Bitcoin is, more companies thinking about treasury management like those things really matter and, and it's hard to go back from them.
0: Can you like measure that? Can you measure how many people believe that Bitcoin is a safe or, or like a inflation fund? Like you're literally just testing like, what, like the religious, how many people are part of the religion basically?
1: But like, you know, I, I think you can say something similar to, 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 you know, about Ethereum, probably about Solana as well. Like, you always need some sort of a belief. Like, of course, there's some backdrop of, you know, some sort of cash flow, some fee generating. But it's the same shit as, like, people saying, you know, oh, like, I'm only investing in, in cash flow generated DeFi projects. But, like, ultimately, who cares, right? Like, ultimately, if the price goes down generally over the market, like, it doesn't matter if you have cash flows or not. Like, everything's going to crash. It's just, like, a general belief in the in the market over.
0: Especially if they're marked in the, in the token itself, right? Then if the price goes down, <laughs> the cash flows.
1: <laughs> exactly so a lot of like tvl metrics and all the like revenue metrics and not only that but like you know we've talked about this before as well but like a lot of the revenue or what people call revenue is, is basically just going to you know the participants or so like lps or it's not even distributed in any way so a lot of this thing just i think it like doesn't matter too much what's what's important is just like social belief Yeah, it really is. Like, it it does sound ridiculous even to people on the outside, but, like, when more people are buying into it, you know, it it is basically a Ponzi, but it's a really, like, well-working Ponzi. (laughs) You said it.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, like, what about something like SushiSwap? What is the value there?
1: Yeah, so, so I think, like, SushiSwap is interesting. I think the value is, like, your belief that this will continue existing in the future, that the people involved in SushiSwap, the developers, will, you know, figure out ways how to how to get some value out of out of the ecosystem um and and, and you know it, it does have some you know even though i just said it's kind of bullshit it is but it does have like some some claim to cash flows like unlike uniswap at the moment uh but but yeah i mean the value is just like you believing that the, that the currently associated developers and the community uh will just build something that will end up sticking around so Right now, you know, a lot of people are betting on the fact that they are—they're developing an NFT platform to compete with OpenSea. Um, it, it's. You know, they, they also have a token launching platform. It's it's just a, it's it's always just going to be bet on the people involved with the protocol and on the community. And I think like that that's one thing that I see constantly time and time and again. Crypto is very much about the community. It's very much about engaging with the community, listening to what they want. And I think what SushiSwap has like kind of shown, even though it was like really, really cold early on for some really good reasons as well, is that, you know, it does listen to what people actually want because if they listen to what people want, you know they will, they will get more support, they will get more public support. Price usually is pretty reflective to that. Uh, so, the value is just like betting on this being around for a longer period of time, adjusting to the market. So, if people figure out that AMM is not the right way to go and it's an order book based exchange, they're betting on the fact that they'll be able to pivot to something that is meaningful. Um, and, and I think that's that's you know a relatively reasonable bet. Uh, but you know, SushiSwap is still giving out or, or was giving out a lot of incentives. Um, so if you know what? A lot of people don't realize, or maybe don't want to realize, is that like if you if you kind of look at like how much they're giving out in incentives, and then how much they're actually generating in like real like revenue or cash flows or whatever, it's usually negative, even for like the the more successful protocols, um, because it's it's still right now
0: like Bitcoin even
1: yeah, Bitcoin is like slightly different, where like you're ultimately burning energy uh, to prove something, uh, but but yeah, it it is similar.
0: So why why couldn't like sushi become the meme for internet money or store of value.
1: I just think because, like you know, Bitcoin was the first. It's the most established. It has probably closest properties to something like gold, which is some which is also a meme that people believe in. I mean, I, I think it potentially could. It's just it's just unlikely. You know, Ethereum could potentially replace Bitcoin at some point if enough people believe that that will happen. But. I don't think that's that's going to happen anytime soon. Like, if I was a if I, if I was betting someone and I think I bet Kyle that this is not going to happen by the end of like this year, which is ridiculous. I, I don't know why he, why he made that bet, but but like even in like the next like three or five years, I don't think that's going to happen.
0: I'm a logical person. I'm an engineer. This stuff doesn't make sense right. to me, right? So I try to break it down into into things. The pieces that yeah. I see is that there's a technology to coordinate shared state nakamoto yep. bft whatever and then there's the people participating in that shared state and the size of the people is that super connected social network and the technology is the piece attack that does it
1: <laughs> i mean lo- look at like look at equities right now right like no one fucking cares about the fundamental value like no one's investing based on that people are investing based on based on memes based on what they believe the future will be right and so even like something like something as dumb as Tesla, like no one's looking at the cash flows. Everyone's looking at the potential to become something larger in the future. And I think that that's like the same in crypto. Uh, people are looking at Bitcoin as, as being able to capture a lot of that you know inflation hedge. like if you have someone that, that's right now uh, you know an institutional investor or a big hedge fund, and they're looking for instruments to, to kind of hedge the inevitable inflation that's coming in the markets as central banks just you know kind of went nuts in the last two years. Uh, what, what what are your options right now? You're probably not buying Ethereum. You're probably not buying Solana. You know, maybe you're buying some gold, but probably you're already overexposed to gold in some way. And also, the up uh, the upside in gold is probably relatively large, uh, relatively small, right? It's it's like it hasn't really moved. It's not volatile. The opportunity isn't that great. So if you're looking at from like a really pragmatic approach, and I talk to these people that I know how they're thinking, and this is how they're thinking. It's, it, I mean, it just works that way. Uh, it doesn't matter if it if it if there is no logic to it. What matters is like, you know, enough people just buying into this meme and, and then buying it uh because they believe that the price in the future will appreciate
0: <laughs> Because the meme will get stronger so you get more yeah. more people into that. So if these are like memes right these are basically kind of social networks
1: how much of the recent price appreciation in solana do you think is because of like strong memes and because of like strong community buy-in? you know it's not i mean i mean maybe you you think differently
0: i can be totally honest i think it's purely people comparing us to ethereum and then yeah. they're like well ethereum is more and this is exactly how as good <laughs>
1: so, and then if you make this comparison to bitcoin and gold it's exactly the same stuff right people are like oh shit what if this goes up to the gold's market cap? the upside is still like five to ten x or whatever it is it's it's just like that's how people think and that's i think that's exactly right like you're totally right it's, it's because people in solana or a lot of like investors in solana they're like all of a sudden what if there is like five percent chance that like solana takes you know ethereum's users and, and replaces ethereum in some way
0: they're not doing the value the fundamental valuation comparison of what is the what is the actual value of this thing to the world like what is the benefit derived from it even
1: <laughs> i mean again like we, we can go back to this like in, in almost everything right like what what's what's the benefit of, of any company it's you know it's it's to kind of satisfy shareholders and and like you know people don't really care about cash flows anymore lately
0: but sure but we can like remove the cash flow component maybe in a fully super connected peer to peer system that doesn't make any sense right like maybe there is no cash flow because you don't have like a a centralized coordinator that's doing it right like it is purely peer to peer then like how do you measure like what is the fundamental value that this thing is providing to the world like if this didn't exist is the world poor like can we even say that
1: <laughs> yeah i mean probably not but you can again like you can say this about everything right it's, it's like a lot of things don't need to exist
0: i can say that about tesla i can say if tesla didn't exist the world would be poorer because there's there would be fewer electric cars uh, at high high quality electric cars right i can clearly say that <laughs>
1: yeah i mean i guess so but but the utility is always like a small aspect of why people are buying into it it's it's more so just like your bet on on that in the future this will become more important and as people are kind of you know grasping with like how much inflation is kind of hitting right now there just isn't many other options and i think that that's really the main reason so i mean like i
0: can see price being inflated due to um there's so much money in the Available so much capital that is seeking future gains that anything with potential for upside is now overvalued, but maybe not overvalued. Maybe it's just market value. It's just the market value for future gains is so so large right now. Yeah. Um, but but I can still kind of look back at like the dot com era and look at like okay, Amazon was overvalued, Microsoft was overvalued because there was a huge crash, and but they I could still see that if i remove this thing from the world the world is, the world is poor is there like are we there yet with crypto like <laughs> 10 <Yeah>. years in
1: <laughs> i think honestly we're getting there i think like crypto now in the last 2 years kind of showed us that there's potential to do good which is which is basically giving people access to something that they didn't have before and like you know tangibly kind of making their life better for one reason or another and 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 also just giving people access to 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 this like new asset class um, i i think those are like really powerful concepts by itself and, on, and 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 on top of that you add like composability of of all, all these like different protocols working together i think yeah i i would say like if crypto wasn't here um, the world will probably be worse off uh, and i also think that you know i like the longer crypto is around the higher the chance that it's not going going to go away uh and and i'm i'm like very sure i, I can't imagine a world where in like three years uh we bump into each other on, on the street and we say holy fuck like this crypto thing it was dumb right and it's not it's <laughs> not around anymore uh I, I just can't see that right or we're, we're all infected with the same virus right <laughs> like... <laughs> The the concept of crypto like makes a ton of sense to me and and it it is definitely empowering people like even in, uh, you know, even in jurisdictions that normally don't have that much access to the financial system. Like, for example, we have uh, a researcher from Kenya on the team and we only pay her in in stable coins, uh, I believe, or it might be crypto you know we initially like tried to pay her through the regular banking system and it was like almost not possible and like you know she's just one example but there's there's tens of you know, tens of thousands of examples like this where you have people all of a sudden like getting access to something that they couldn't access before and even if even if crypto just helped with that 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 by itself like i i love that I, I love like you know giving people a more equal access to to stuff okay
0: here <laughs> i'll I'll throw some theories out and see if they stick Um, I think NFTs are a clear good to the world because any luxury spending that we move away from like fast cars that burn fuel or penthouses into digital goods is a good for the world. Right. Like we all of a sudden created, you know, like let people, let people waste their money on digital things because it costs nothing to create. Right. Like that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, and so that's one theory, right? The other one is um, if we're it, <laughs> if we're like moving into post-capital society of totally uh, where everything is plentiful, what would people be doing? They would just be messing around in the digital metaverse. This is all just part of it.
1: <laughs> no, I think I think those are like pretty good theories. I think it is like kind of fascinating how you had this shift from. You know, NFTs basically being like a digital flex, uh, only only kind of own you know the the most luxurious NFTs only owned by you know by by the the elite. Like that's really really interesting to me. I remember like 2017, I was looking at CryptoKitties, and you know none of that made sense to me. And and even with CryptoPunks, like I was probably one of the biggest CryptoPunk skeptics as well. Even earlier this year. And, you know, the price probably like 100x or 1,000x since then, it like makes no, almost no sense to me fundamentally as well. But, you know, it's what it is. Like, it, it, I think like NFTs are actually quite similar to Bitcoin. It's like Bitcoin is basically like one of the original NFTs. It's 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 the same thing. You're trying to collect, you know, as many of them as you can. Uh, and because you believe it's, you know, something that will have some value and similar things is happening with, with NFTs. And maybe, yeah, maybe it is removing some, um, some luxury sp- overspending on, on like dumb cars and, and and watches and all that but you know who knows I don't know if this is gonna stick but it, it seems sticky so far
0: my, my theory is that we're gonna see internet money be a perpetual basis trade of a NFT floor market <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be the the asset that's backing internet money it's not gonna be Bitcoin it's not gonna be ETH <laughs> It's going to be entirely backed by culture. <laughs> Self sufficient meme generated.
1: Yeah, maybe. But I think that we kind of hit it on the head. Like a lot of this is just literally, yeah, backed by culture. Like backed by communities, backed by culture, and that's what matters.
0: Do you think algorithmic stablecoins can make it? Oh, no.
1: No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 and again, like I mean, there are going to be people that are going to say I'm super dumb and like you know not look at it from the right perspective. Maybe I maybe I am, but I think algorithmic stablecoins are like fundamentally broken. Like you're always relying on some sort of demand to be the backdrop of stabilizing these things, and I'm just not skeptical that that's going to hold up in, in like really maybe not as favorable market conditions long term. And I have not seen signal evidence to show that, like these things will will be resistant to uh, to, to some sort of scur- scrutiny in the future. You know, that being said, I mean, it, like stablecoins are probably going to be regulated by by the U.S. government and you know maybe like if you create enough demand for these like it can sustain for some time a lot of like the algorithmic stable coins have performed incredibly well because they're really like what happens if 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 stable coins are like called securities in the US now it it like severely impacts the rest of the crypto space uh, when you look at something like that you know probably it's it's backed massively by centralized stable coins as well uh, and then, all of a sudden, like what's the alternative right like if if none of the centralized stablecoins are allowed to be used by investors in the u s um and a lot of that you know, even on Solana, like a lot of the DeFi apps still use USDC, and on, on on Ethereum as well. I think that's why there's a lot of interest, is because like people are realizing that centralized stablecoins are obviously prone to be regulated, and if they are, it's it's going to kind of affect how the rest of the space operates. Dai, you know, hasn't shown that it it's actually really decentralized, especially now that it's backed you know massively by centralized stablecoins. And you don't really have any other options at the moment if you want to just transact value uh, in some sort of a stable instrument. But but generally, I think like the idea of algorithm uh, algorithmic stablecoins is, is never going to work. Uh, it, it, it's it's much better to just use Ethereum or you know Ethereum or Solana or Bitcoin as as the unit of value and, and just limit that if, if stablecoins are regulated. Uh, at least that's my belief.
0: Do you uh, how much do you guys spend researching regulation, like in the U.S. specifically?
1: Uh. Not much on the research side. Like mostly, this is just like mostly on the news side. We have people, you know, in Washington that that talk to these these guys. But I guess the problem with like researching regulation generally, it's that it's, it's a super, it's it's super opaque, right? Like you don't see into it unless you talk to people and you actually ask them what they're thinking. You don't really know. So like we have. You know, we know some people who are talking to the SEC, you know, some people that are talking, you know, to CFTC and some regulators. And we have a directional idea of what will happen. Uh, but ultimately, like none of us can know until this is actually going to go into the effect. And, um, you know, we, we sometimes talk to the lobbying firms as well. Uh, and they also don't know. It's, it's it's a very, it's a black box completely. Uh, but but I think like what most people that we talk to that actually are in the know or some of insiders they agree that some sort of regulation is coming like uh, the SEC obviously I mean there have been like tons of indications already but the SEC will do something the question is is how severe this will be Uh, and and it is very likely to me right now that within like the next year or year and a half there will be some sort of a uh, framework for crypto assets uh from the SEC so so they can actually like with some sort of certainty know if if it could be a security or if it's just a utility coin or a governance coin uh and there there are also some like serious indication that stable coins are going to be in in some way regulated i've heard like rumors that there's there are a lot of people who are trying to label it uh securities uh, and but but none of that is final and i don't think we're gonna find out until you know actually that that gets released in some way
0: yeah this is like a lot of big uncertainty you don't think there's any hope of like us actually just like creating clear simple rules that just open the space up to innovation are you both bearish on regulation and bullish on crypto at the same time
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think the us is likely going to release some guidelines the sec will likely release some like clear guidelines uh for what is and what isn't a security i think that's going to be coming so i mean that could be positive in some way. It's probably going to label a lot of the governance coins as securities. Could be negative short-term as well. Generally, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bearish on like US regulation. I, 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 what I've seen like anecdotally is a lot of people just getting out of there. Like I frankly don't understand why DeFi teams are based in the US, why Uniswap team is based in Brooklyn. It makes no sense to me. I think if you're trying to build a really censorship-resistant DeFi protocol, you should get out of the U S because there is like too uncertainty for you right now. And, and also, you know, for people to invest in your protocols, like there's just too much uncertainty. Uh, and I think like a lot of the future in crypto will be like anonymous developers developing these, these protocols. I'm like pretty convinced about that as well, That this eventually will shift into like pseudo anonymous developers, uh, that, are not doxed. I don't think this will happen to like L1s, uh, so, so the networks that will like be secure in these these protocols. But I do believe that those that are like really trying to empower uh, people without being limited by sometimes like nonsensical regulations, I believe those will have to be built by pseudo anonymous developers uh, in some way or another and then just decentralized early. I I think that that's going to solve some of the issues. You know, there's obviously some like doubts about like trusting, like people trusting these projects. But I mean, there have already been like some hints at this potentially happening. So I'm I'm pretty positive about, or pretty optimistic that this will happen. What does
0: the what does decentralization mean in that context for these projects?
1: Uh, For me, it means just like inability to shut something down. So if you're the SEC and you're looking at Uniswap. You know, maybe you can call like the unit token a security, but like ultimately, what are you going to accomplish if you go after the project? Um, You're not going to be able to shut it down. You're probably just going to look like a fool afterwards. And so you don't have that many options. So to me, decentralization means if someone really wants, if a regulator really wants or if some some third party really wants, it's impossible to shut you down. So just like having, you know, unchangeable contracts deployed on Ethereum or on Solana, that's decentralized to me. And I think a lot of that will kind of go towards that direction. I mean, we've seen examples of this with One Inch, for example, in the last two weeks. Like One Inch started limiting US customers or at least letting them sign the message. And that's, you know, partially it is because they're doing a lot of like off chain competing and they can be targeted in some way uh, by these regulators. They can be threatened, uh, whereas some other protocols like really can be. And, and I do also think that in the future, like in the next couple of years, there's going to be a lot of like front ends basically blocking or geo-blocking and, and you know restricting users, blocking assets. There's going to be a shift into alternative front ends, for example, or or making people interact with the protocols more directly than, than what they do now, which is they Google Uniswap, go on the Uniswap's website, and then swap an asset. Like that's not going to be sustainable. I, I'm already like pretty certain about that.
0: But like why... I'm I'm just annoyed that like, if this is pure code, what is there to regulate <laughs> the token, right? Yeah. Like the unit token. So like to, to speak to your original point that you've become a believer of every, every project needs a token. But like if the contract itself doesn't need a token, right, doesn't do anything besides run this mathematical function, there's nothing to regulate.
1: But that is true. That is that's totally true. I, I think why projects need a token is pretty simple. It's because it builds communities and it builds engagement, and it helps you incentivize some sort of usage that bootstraps these protocols. So, like, I don't, I don't think that if Comp, if Compound didn't do the, the initial, uh, you know, initial liquidity mining last year, I don't think DeFi would be where it is right now uh, because it just, you know, and, and and the same goes for like airdrops. It just helps to engage people. It helps to get them invested in some way. Um, and and that 's why I think they 're important, but but you 're totally right like they, they are opening up a possibility for regulators to go after these tokens and regulate it in some way. Tokens are also opening up opportunities for people not only people to invest but also institutional investors and more capital to be drawn in. You know a lot of the v c firms right now they 're completely stacked in cash like there 's billions of dollars you know on the sidelines right now waiting to be deployed. They're only investing because they know there's some sort of an exit strategy, which to them is, you know, selling the token at some point in the future to, to enough people that think you know it's going to be more valuable. And I don't think this would happen if there were no tokens. Uh, yeah, I used to believe this myself as well. It's like Uniswap you know, doesn't need a token. Like well, it's a perfect protocol. It's, it's totally fine the way it is. But because it does have a token, it just attracted more usage and it's trending more people to actually use these things. Uh, and, and I think that by itself is is like something that probably overweighs uh, the negative consequences, which is more regulatory capture.
0: Do you think we could separate the devs from the community? Like, could you have, like, the the Shibu token <laughs> adopt, <laughs> adopt the best developers in the space? We, we They built the distribution, right, and the community, and they're like, we're going to inherit, we're going to, you know, bribe Vitalik to, to, to work on some smart contracts for us. <laughs>
1: I don't think that can happen or will happen. I think, I mean, we've seen this before as well. It's like a lot of projects raise a lot of money, like, you know, Tezos or EOS, and they haven't been able to to do much with it. They haven't been able to accomplish much. Um, and, and I think a part of it is that just because, like, you know, communities are built by people actually believing in, in the project in the future. And, um I just think that like communities rule everything in crypto and and that's kind of how it's it's I think it's going to stay This is like
0: both utopia and dystopia at the same time (laughs)
1: yeah i think it's just a pragmatic approach right like you look at like how everything has worked in the last three years and the conclusion is like you know like it makes it makes sense for people to interact with these protocols early because you believe that in the future there's going to be some sort of an airdrop and that there are like loops to this right like if enough people believe that there are going to be airdrops for all the protocols on ethereum on solana they're going to use these protocols more so i mean you know, even if you look at like the, the the number of transactions on Solana, or just general like how many people are using these things and for what reason, like a lot of it is just like speculators. A lot of it is literally like complete useless activity, and and people just hoping that they're going to make money out of this, uh, and that's fine. Like if you're bootstrapping usage, if you're bootstrapping attention, with purely like capitalistic intent that i think that that totally works like if compound didn't do the incentives i don't think we would be here right now talking to each other i don't think solana would be worth as much Uh, and 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 it's just a way to to like get more of that interest and and almost like abuse the the speculators to get more attention for this to get more mainstream media to cover this to get more investors interested in this i think it's like much deeper than you think where yeah, a lot of these are probably useless to some extent, but it, it is a social. It is a social. A lot of these are just social experiments, social tokens, uh, and, and a way for people to get exposure to some of these things.
0: If we take, use that as like the the fundamental thing, then you really should be looking at these as social networks: how many people, how connected they are, what are they doing.
1: Yeah, you should be, and and then also utility on top, right? Like if I if I can get a stablecoin swap for cheaper than i can get it on a centralized exchange like that's probably worth something uh similar for unit swap like if, if some of these pairs have more liquidity and it, it's cheaper for me to go there instead of on binance if i want to sell like one million dollars of something like that's also worth something uh but generally yes it's like absolutely a function of how many people are using these things how many people are interacting with this that's why i think like for crypto, a lot of like the most powerful indicators are really social indicators. It's like looking at how many people are actually using these things, how many people are actually transacting. What's more difficult sometimes is to like remove all the like you know either fake activity or, or non-essential activity, uh, and 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 that, that's the hard part. But but generally, yeah, it's just a function of like attention, function of which people are involved and eventually you hope that this will turn into a mainstream thing. Like I don't like when I look at DeFi right now on Ethereum and even on Solana, like it's a relatively meaningless uh, number of people using these things. Right? Like, even Uniswap, it's like what, what you know, maybe 150,000 users maximum. Um, it's a joke, right? Like it's, if if you, if like, none of us think that this is going to be, you know, this is why we're here. Like all of us think that this will eventually go to, you know, tens of millions of people using these protocols. And that's really the end game. And I think like even obviously for Solana, like one of the premises for why it's designed this way is to support a lot of these new people.
0: Yeah. I've said this a bunch of time that like trying to predict how this stuff is going to be used is like trying to predict Facebook in 94. Zero chance I would have believed you that sharing pictures (laughs) of your cats is going to be worth a trillion dollars. (laughs) I think
1: ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I totally agree. And no one knows. I think that's like kind of the fun part, right? It's like enabling people to really do whatever they want. It's it's really cool. Like even just me talking to some like some small teams about seed investing. It's like, you know, you're talking to people in in Pakistan and India. those Those guys normally would be, you know, somewhere closed up in the office, like not really having these opportunities. And now all of a sudden, you know they can they can develop these protocols. They can they can arbitrage them. They can make money. Like we have a guy in Russia, it's uh, a genius like genius coder, and he's like exploiting you know, not exploiting but but exploiting these like arbitrage opportunities, and you know making making a ton of money. Like that's awesome, right? Like that's that's really powerful.
0: Um, awesome, man! Uh, really good, really good to go deep down the rabbit hole with you. <laughs>
1: yeah i mean i I, honestly i didn't expect i would be the one convincing you of like crypto's potential Uh, i I thought it would be the other way but
0: i'm I'm an engineer so i look at a system and then i try to like where does it break down why why is all this stuff like not seem backed by by like you know strong arguments and like real physics you know like why is it all bullshit (laughs) (laughs) all right man Really awesome to have you. Thank you for being here, Uh, Larry. Thank you for being in the Solana podcast. And uh, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot.